Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for July 28th, 2018. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. So we have uh, two shows I'm going to look at. One is uh, UFC on Fox 30 and the other is Ryzen 11. And um, UFC on Fox 30 is tonight at the uh, Scotiabank Calgary Saddledome. Or I guess it's called the Scotiabank Saddledome in Calgary. And this is a return to Calgary. They had such a bad show there five years ago. It just, you know, this is kind of, they're trying to put on a really good show here. And uh, this uh, show will air on Fox in the U.S. and on CTV2 in Canada. And um, in Canada, the prelims will air on TSN. Okay, now there's three women's fights on the show. The big one here, which is on the main card, is uh, uh, strawweight Joanna Jajicic against Tisha Torres. And, um, of course, Joanna is a former strawweight champ and uh, she lost the title to Rose Namahunas and then they had a remate, rematch and she lost that as well. So the question is, is Joanna on her way down? I don't necessarily think so, but uh, this is the thing. Now she thought she won that second fight. Now I disagree with that. I actually think, now the judges scored that fight 49-46 unanimous decision for uh, Rose. I actually thought it was closer than that. Uh, I scored at 48-47, but it, it kind of um, showed that um, what I think Joanna really needs to do is get back to finishing fights, okay? Uh, in the last year, year or two, she's really become a points fighter. And the thing is, you can't get away with that, all right? And what it showed in the last, in her, her last, uh, fight the loss to Rose is that she can't get away with being a points fighter. She needs to finish fights. And so how, what, what I think she's going to do in the future kind of depends on how this fight goes. I mean, if, if it goes to a decision and it's a close fight and, and that sort of thing, then I'm not very hopeful for her. But on the other hand, if she comes out and she's aggressive and she finishes the fight, that's a different story. Now, there's a couple of other things you've got to keep in mind. First of all, there is the distinct possibility that at some point, Joanna is going to move up to flyweight because you have to remember, she fought at flyweight for her entire career before she came to the UFC. And I think she really wants to fight there, but she said in an interview earlier this week that uh, Dana White has asked her to stay at strawweight for now. So uh, that's what she's going to do. Uh, for now, but I do expect her to move to flyweight uh, at some time in the future. I, I just don't know when she's going to do that. Um, another thing about Joanna is I find that there's a lot of fans who still are annoyed with her about the way she behaved towards uh, on the Ultimate Fighter uh, towards Claudia, and and my comment on that is I really don't give a shit about how she behaves. I only care about how she fights. She can, you know, she still thinks she's the champ and that's how she talks, okay? You can tell, I've seen some of her interviews this week and she's talking the same way as when she was champ. 
That's just how she is, okay? I don't care about that. I only care about what she does in the damn cage. If you're going to be biased against her just because you don't like the way she behaves, you know, get over it. She's an elite fighter. She needs to finish fights to be a really elite fighter, okay? Now, she should finish this fight. Tisha Torres is a points fighter. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. She has never finished a fight. Her fighting style really doesn't, doesn't uh, convert to finishes. So, you know, she goes in and out. She darts. She occasionally hits, hits shots. She throws that friggin' sidekick of hers. It doesn't usually work against people. I know fans really like her for some reason. I'm, I think it goes back to Invicta. You know, she has the name, the tiny tornado. She, you know, does a lot of, th she's quick. The problem is she doesn't do enough, all right? You have to land combinations, okay? She doesn't have any ground. In fact, neither of them have any ground game. They're basically what we're talking about with Joanna and Tisha, we're talking about a kickboxing match, okay? Neither of them has a ground game to speak of, okay? So uh, the point is, is that Joanna punches harder. And so that's what she has to use to beat Tisha. If she can go after her, pin her against the fence, land a few dozen elbows, she'll finish the fight. But if she starts dicking around like she did with Rose, you know, she could lose by split decision because she doesn't do enough. So that's what I want to see from Joanna. I want to see her finish the fight. All right? You know, I don't know why she got into being a points fighter. I think there's some concern about possibly she'll break her hand or something like that. But I don't know. I, don't know. I, 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 I need to see her finish the fight. If she wins a close decision or split decision or anything like that, she ain't back. And, and I, I actually think if it's a close fight, you might see her move to flyweight sooner rather than later. Why the hell wouldn't she go to flyweight and go after uh, Valentina Shevchenko or somebody else? You know, that's what she's going to end up doing anyway. Okay, there's two other women's fights on this show. Uh, both are on the uh, Fight Pass prelims, which uh, will air at 4 p.m. this afternoon. Um, the first one is at um, flyweight. It's Alexis Davis versus Catlin Chukagian. Now, Alexis, uh, as I think everyone knows, she is a uh, former Strike Force champ. Uh, she used to fight at um, uh, bantamweight. Fought at bantamweight for several years. Uh, she, since she's come back from uh, having a child, uh, she is now moved to flyweight. Her last fight was a for first. Uh, fight at flyweight. Um, she won over uh, Liz Carmouche. It was an awful fight. God, they were both terrible. It's just awful. And, you know, the thing about Alexis that you have to keep in mind, uh, she fought at flyweight before she uh, worked for major companies like uh, Strike Force and uh, UFC. Um, you know, I think she is a, a very good fighter. I think one of the things I don't like about her is if her opponent uh, fights a certain style, she'll tend to over-adapt to it. And she also is mistake-prone. She has a bad habit of making mistakes, and it's cost her fights in the past. 
Um, I would favor her in this fight because she uh, has proven that she's at least decent. Catelyn Chukagian is from uh, the Northeast, from the uh, uh, Philadelphia area. She's a former um, King of the Cage champ. Her record is 10 and 1. Um, when she came to the UFC, she fought at um, bantamweight, but she's really a flyweight. Um, I just haven't been impressed with her in the UFC. She uh, comes across basically as a points fighter. And um, I don't expect a finish in this fight, even though Alexis has the ground skills to get a finish. Um, I find that she, if, her, if her opponent wants to be on the feet, she'll stay there. That's just the way she fights. And um, so, you know, I, will it be a good fight? Don't know. But I'm going to favor Alexis in it just because she has more experience. An upset would not shock me. And an actually a split decision wouldn't shock me either. Okay. And in the other fight, this one is at strawweight. It is Randa Marcos versus Nina Ansarov. Now, uh, Randa is from Windsor, Ontario. She trains at American Top Team in, uh, sorry, American Top Team, Michigan Top Team in uh, Michigan. Uh, so uh, she was in Tough 20. Uh, Randa is basically a wrestler and she's uh, pretty good at that part of, uh, of uh, MMA. Her big bad habit, and that's one of the reasons that she has had mixed success in the UFC, is she's error prone. And boy, oh boy, have mistakes cost her fights. Um, you know, and, and really, she seems to go well, one win, one loss, one win, one loss. So, you know, uh, she needs to put together a sustained um, string of wins in order to get anywhere. And uh, I'm not sure she has that in her just because she makes too many mistakes. Uh, Nina Ansaroff, of course, is, uh, trains at uh, American Top Team in Florida. She also uh, works in the office there. She, as I think most fans are aware, she was, uh, she's a, uh, the fiance of um, bantamweight champ um, Amanda Nunez. Now, Nina's record is eight and five. She's been around for a few years. And the thing you have to understand is that she was going to retire. She uh, um, uh, won her last fight over Angela Hill, and she was going to retire because she's not a great fighter, never really has been. I've uh, been familiar with her long since she was in the UFC, uh, long before she was in the UFC, and she's a, a okay fighter, but I wouldn't call her a UFC caliber fighter. Uh, bottom line is if she'd have lost that fight to Angela Hill, uh, she would have retired, and Maybe she'll retire if she loses tonight. I really don't know the answer to that question. Uh, again, I think Randa has more tools at her disposal, but you have to always watch to make sure she doesn't make mistakes. Okay? So that's the problem. That's the problem with Randa. Now, as I said, uh, this show starts this afternoon at 4 p.m. on UFC Fight Pass. Uh, both of those fights are on the prelims. And then later on, on Fox, uh, the uh, Joanna versus Tisha is on Fox. All right. And um, uh, I'll be back tomorrow with all three of those fights on the blog. Okay. Now, there's another show uh, uh, 
coming up, and that'll be after the UFC show, and that is Ryzen 11 from Saitama Super Arena in, in uh, Tokyo. And uh, there's two women's fights on this show. The big one is the main event of the show. It's a rematch from uh, last year's uh, uh, Adam Waite tournament. It will be Kana Asakura facing Arena. And uh, I guess uh, this is kind of a... Now, an interesting thing I want to uh, talk about a little bit on this. First of all, I mentioned that uh, uh, if you want to watch this show, uh, Ryzen, it starts, I think, at 2 a.m. this morning or something like that. I don't stay up late for this kind of stuff. These, I find their shows are far too long, have far too cr- many crappy matches on it, and I just I can't sit up all night and watch this stuff. The stuff I want to watch... I'll watch when it shows up on YouTube. It's not that big a deal. And um, if you want to buy it, you can get it, I think, for 20 bucks at uh, Fight TV. And uh, there will be English commentary. Joe Ferraro and Frank Trigg will be doing the commentary. Okay. So let's talk about uh, Kana Asakura versus Rina. Now, the bottom line on Kana... Now, Kana won their first match. She basically put Rina to sleep with a rear naked choke. Uh, I would not be surprised if she did the same thing. Uh, Here's the bottom line on Kana Asakura. At 20 years old, she has improved more than any other fighter that I have seen over the last 18 months, okay? In December of 2016, she lost to Alyssa Garcia on a Ryzen show. And since then, she's gone on a tear, okay? So what has caused that? Well, if you read my blog, you'll know that one of the suggestions that I had for her, you know, going back a couple of years, is she was being trained by her father, okay? And I think her brother was involved in it too. And one of my big suggestions was she needed to get the hell away from her dad because he was screwing, thing, he was screwing things up. He was, among other things, having her fight old ladies, which is a huge mistake because it gives her a false sense of uh, who she is as a fighter. And he just, it wasn't working. So after the, she lost to Alyssa Garcia, she went to another camp. Okay, and since then, she seems to improve, have improved a lot. And so she's really, really stepped it up. And uh, I just think that she's made a, uh, she's more committed in being a great fighter. And uh, I just think it gives her an edge on Rena. The problem I have with Rena, okay? Now, one of the interesting things about this fight is it's going to air in Japan on Fuji TV, which is, they don't show that much um, fighting on Fuji TV anymore. But the reason this match is on Fuji TV, it ain't Kana Asakura, it's Rena. Now, Rena is in my opinion, not a great MMA fighter. What she is, is she's a great personality and she has tremendous sex appeal, okay? She uh, basically is a shoot boxer. Now, shoot, boxer is, shoot boxing, for those not familiar with it, is kind of a hybrid uh, fighting sport that mixes kickboxing and uh, uh, you can do standing submissions and stuff like that. Some of the stuff that converts to MMA and some of it doesn't. And part of the problem with Rena is she continues to uh, 
kind of straddle shoot boxing MMA. And what I've seen happen with her in the past is she forgets she's doing MMA when she's in the cage, when she's in the ring. And, um, you know, she, had, she has good training. Ayaka Hamasaki trains her over at AACC. But the main thing about Rina is she has star quality. She has sex appeal. And, uh, you know, I get this sometimes. Is sex appeal important in women's MMA? Damn skippy it is. Anyone who tries to tell you that it's not important in women's MMA is just kidding themselves. Because there's fighters in the UFC right now who, if it wasn't for sex appeal, they'd have been sent off to Hoboken, you know, or, or what do I call it, Palookaville. Because <laughs> there are fighters who will never get released because they have sex appeal. I guarantee there's got to be at least a dozen like that. I guarantee it. Okay, so it's the same thing with Rena. Now, if I've been uh, observing her the last couple of days or so, and she seems to be playing the sex appeal up a little bit and being a little bit of a heel, you know, where she's being, uh, you know, a little arrogant and stuff like that in, in interviews and things like that. And somebody asked me about that, and I said, well, she's done that before, you know, she knows how it works. Uh, she, she had a, a feud a few years back in shoot boxing with uh, a girl named Ai Takahashi. And Rena was definitely the heel in that feud. There's no question. So she knows how to do that. And, and so, I mean, if she wins, then we have a, a, a third match. There's no question about it. If Kana wins, I don't know what Rena will do, but it wouldn't shock me if she gave up MMA. You know, let, let me say this about Rena. She has potential to be a great fighter. But until she quits shootboxing and cuts her ties with shootboxing owner Takeshi Caesar, she will not realize her potential. Okay? And I said that when she started getting into MMA two years ago, and it's basically come true. She will not realize her potential until she cuts ties with shootboxing. And I'm going to tell you now, she will never do that. And people don't understand that, but that's the way it is. Okay? So that means she'll never be that as good as she should be. So people, fans have to remember that. Uh, now, there is another women's fight on, the sh on uh, Ryzen. And that will be uh, Miyu Yamamoto against Saori Ishioka. And that'll be at Adam Wade as well. Uh, Sari Ishioka is a veteran. She's like 31 years old now, but she's been fighting since 2007, mostly for deep jewels. Um, at one time, she was thought to have potential as a star and as an elite fighter, but in the end, she isn't an elite fighter, okay? And um, when she started having problems with losing, she threatened to quit and stuff like that. And then she got married, and she had a baby, and now she's fighting at uh, Adam Weight. You know, she's an okay fighter, but she's not that good. You know, uh, I mean, she was nicknamed a shooting star because they wanted to make her into a big star, but she's never really uh, been a big star because she's just not that good, okay? Her opponent here is worse than her, and that is Miyu Yamamoto, 
Uh, Miyu, yeah, I've, I've said for a couple of years now that Miyu Yamamoto is a walking, talking gimmick. Okay, she's 43 years old. She's part of the Yamamoto family, you know, Kid Yamamoto's older sister. Um, her son fights in the U.S. In, in Ryzen, believe it or not. She's one in three, so she's been pretty bad. Okay, and I don't see her beating somebody as good as Ishioka. Ishioka is not a great fighter, but she's a whole lot better than Miyu. And now Miyu, what her background is, is she's uh, been a wrestling coach for many years. Now the thing is, she, you wouldn't know by looking at her that she's 43, because she's a very attractive girl, but she's just, she has no business fighting, okay? Now, there was supposed to be a third match, and it's been canceled. The match was supposed to be um, uh, Shizuka Sugiyama, uh, versus Rin Nakai, and that was going to be at flyweight. And what has happened is that Rin uh, got sick. She suffered sunstroke, apparently, the other day, and so she was not able to come down to Tokyo for the show. Uh, apparently, she's been diagnosed with nephritis. So I don't know what her future is going to be. Uh, she's had a lot of injuries and stuff like We haven't seen her in, the, in, uh, in uh, MMA since, like, uh, December 2016. She's had quite a few injuries, including a, a really bad elbow injury. Um, I don't know what the deal is with Shizuka. She was supposed. This was supposed to be her retirement match, so I think that's going to be rescheduled. But I don't know if it's going to be against Rin or not. My guess is probably not. They'll have to do something else. Um, but you know, Shizuka uh, plans to retire after this fight. So I don't know. We have to wait and see what uh, they decide to do about that. Okay. One other note I wanted to make before uh, we end this off, and that's that, uh, oh, I just wanted to mention, first of all, don't forget, you can watch Ryzen on Fight TV starting uh, early Sunday morning. I think it's at uh, 2 a.m. it begins. Okay. One other thing, uh, the WWE officially announced that uh, Mako Satomura will be in the Mae Young Classic. Um, I don't expect her to win. I expect her possibly to get to the semis or something like that. Um, as I've already pointed out when uh, this came up uh, recently, uh, Mako Satomura is going for a one-shot deal. Anything she tells you about going back to the WWE for a repeat, I suppose it's possible. But for the most part, she's not leaving Japan. So uh, there's no way she will work for the WWE any more than once or twice. All right. She has a company to run. And that's what she's going to do. But it's great to see her on the show. Uh, I hope they give her a couple of wins so people can see how great she is. And I also uh, wanted to mention as well, if you're not familiar with Mako, you should maybe watch some of her matches on, online. There's plenty of them on YouTube and, uh, and Daily Motion and that sort of thing. And I also recommend that uh, uh, you watch the 2000 uh, BBC documentary, Gaya Girls. Uh, which uh, is a, the story of uh, the Gaya promotion at the time, about 1999. Miko, uh, Miko was uh, 19 years old at the time. She was the head trainer at Gaya, and so she's the star of the film. And uh, I saw the film when it uh, made its uh, world premiere back in 2000 at the Toronto International Film Festival. So uh, I don't know about DVD availability. I actually don't think it's available on DVD in North America. However, 
It is available on YouTube, so you should be able to watch Gaia Girls on YouTube. So if you're interested in finding out more about Mako, I suggest you start with Gaia Girls and maybe watch some of her other matches, uh, especially some of her matches with Asia Kong, which are probably the best matches of her career. Okay, so that's it for today. Be back tomorrow with uh, the, uh, my UFC uh, recap. And uh, again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. You can leave a voice message on the uh, podcast. I'm more than happy to uh, respond to any comments that you might have. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at um, Google Play Music, Spotify, iTunes, and Google Podcasts. So again, be back tomorrow with the uh, recap from tonight's UFC show. And until then, enjoy the fights.